Hello, Linux fans, and welcome to another episode of Destination Linux, where we cover Linux news, reviews, and anything else that may be fun or interesting in the Linux world. I'm Rocco, and this is episode 15 of Destination Linux. Hi, Rob. Hello, Rocco. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, man. I am so excited for today's show. Same I think we're here. I think we're so excited we might just skip everything else besides I, what we're going to talk about. <laughs> I, I say we do it, and we jump right over to our guest to, I'll tell you, you know, I have followed, and our guest, for those of you wondering, uh, is Martin Wimpress. He is. He's an obscure developer for an obscure <laughs> operating system, and uh, we are so happy to get to talk to him today. Well, I think we should just jump right over and say hello to Martin. Let's do it. Martin, welcome to Destination Linux. Uh, well, thank you for having me on. Well, you are a, a guy that is deep into an ex- obscure operating system, obscure Un- distro. An unknown distro. Nobody's ever heard of this distro, Martin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fringe. Definitely fringe. <laughs> but uh, me and Rob talk all the time and find it interesting to talk to people on how they got started in Linux. So where did you start out in Linux? Uh, wow. So the first, the first Linux distro I ever installed was Idrisil Linux. Uh, and that was about uh, mid-1995, I think I installed that, so fairly early on. And um, I must have been really keen because um, back in those days, I didn't have any internet, um, so you had to buy box sets and things like that or a CD drive, and I didn't have a CD drive on my computer. So where I worked, we had offices all over the country, and I found somebody like three towns over who worked for the same company who'd got an old PDP something, And they got floppy disk images for Idrisil Linux on this thing. So I took a day off work to go over to his office with a stack of floppy disks and (laughs) exposed all of the floppy disks off of this PDP over a serial cable uh, onto a laptop and then took them home and then used RawWrite to make all of these floppy disks and then try and install Linux for the first time. And it didn't work. And I ran into all sorts of problems. And obviously with no internet, and some very scant, you know, readmes and things like that. I didn't have much to go on. But after a few hours, the penny dropped that I'd copied all of these images, all of these floppy disk images uh, in ASCII mode. And effectively, they were all corrupt. And about three weeks later, I had to go back again and do it all again the right way. Oh, oh, uh, oh my gosh. Oh, it. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, there was definitely something about it. And I suppose what what there was about it is I was using um, Unix operating systems at work at the time. And I was quite taken with, uh, with the Unix stuff. So uh, the opportunity to have my own Unix, which you couldn't afford because SCO Unix was super expensive. So uh, have my own Unix system uh, was really appealing. So that's where it all started for me. Now, were you ever uh, much of a distro hopper? Was it a matter of exploration after that? As things um, progressed and, and more distros became available? Well, so I, what I didn't know was, is when I was installing Idrisil in 1995, I think the project had actually terminated in 1994. 
So you know, <laughs> the condition that I had was already out of date and, and discontinued. So from there, I found Slackware, and I used Slackware for quite a long time. Um, and then um, Red Hat emerged as the new hotness. So uh, I used Red Hat for a while. Um, and then, uh, then I discovered Crux, Crux Linux, and that would have been around the early 2000s i switched to in fact maybe before that maybe the late 90s or 99 something like that and i became a maintainer uh for crux linux and that is a fringe distro you may have heard of it you might might not have done but what crux is 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 well known for now is it was the inspiration for arch linux so um if you go and install crux linux one of the install steps for Crux Linux is now compile your kernel. You know, <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. And uh, last time I installed Crux Linux, which was a couple of years ago, that's still an install step. Actually, compile your own kernel. Um, but the PKG build format that's used in Crux is very, very, very similar even today to Arch Linux um, package format. And you can even sort of almost transparently move packages between the the two platforms. So I I ran Crux for the longest time. Uh, and was actually the maintainer of KDE uh, for Crux Linux back then. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, because it was a lot easier to compile and build KDE than it was GNOME uh, back then, and that was why I used it primarily, because I was having to build everything from source, and it was just much easier to do that. Um, so from Crux, I then had a brief a brief encounter with Fedora, uh, I ran that for about six months, and then uh, Ubuntu Warty Warthog came out. Um, so that was in uh, late 2004, and I used Ubuntu through till about 2011, something like that. Stuck wow. with it at that time. Um, then switched to Arch Linux, uh, and I was an Arch Linux TU. Um, so lots of package maintaining and, and stuff within the Arch Linux community. And then uh, because of Alan Pope, uh, Ubuntu Mate kind of happened. And now now I'm back in the Ubuntu camp. Awesome. That's awesome. So not really a habitual distro hopper. You, you really. stay on it for a while and get into it. And, uh, and of course, with being maintainers and things like that, you're going to stick with it for a while. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I've always, I've, I've only ever switched when I've had a need to. You know, it was necessity with um, with Idrisil, uh, with Slackware. I was basically installing the smallest of the Slackware system at the end and building everything from source. And I thought to myself, well, I'm building everything from source. I may as well go to a distribution that's designed to do that, which is what Crux Linux is. So I, that's what I used for a long time. And then I realized that actually I was spending all of this time just compiling stuff and making stuff work. I wasn't actually using my Linux computer to do anything useful or productive. Mm. And that's when I started then looking at Fedora and finally Ubuntu because I actually wanted to, you know, use it to do do things, not just <laughs> So the the getting into the Mate side of things, what how did that come about? Was this something you just woke up and said, Hey, we need a better version of Ubuntu or 
uh well ubuntu mart so there's two there's two stories there there's one how i got involved in um mate itself and then there's how ubuntu mate came about and they're slightly different stories um so mate itself uh i was an arch linux user at this point i'm just going to pull the curtain because i'm now being blinded (laughs) absolutely Sorry about that. No, that's better. It's all good. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, an Arch Linux user. I wasn't um, wasn't a TU at that point. And, uh, oh, my goodness, it really is sunny today. Um, and uh, I was using GNOME 3. So when I stopped using Ubuntu, um, I, was, I, was, uh, I, I wasn't all that impressed with the initial versions of Unity. And I was spending quite some time actually sort of trying to turn Unity back into what I was used to because I got a whole workflow built around the GNOME 2 desktop. Um, So I felt that Ubuntu wasn't working for me anymore. And instead of having a hissy fit, um, like a lot of people, I decided to take positive action and look for a distribution where I could actually, you know, um, create what I wanted. And Arch Linux was what I settled on when I did that evaluation. And I looked at lots of distros back then. You know, I tried lots of stuff out. Um, And I actually was running GNOME 3. And personally, I would probably still be there today. Um, And then I rather foolishly installed GNOME 3 on my wife's laptop. (laughs) (laughs) And at this point, she was, you know, uh, uh, just getting started with Android smartphones. And she was doing... practically all of her computing on her smartphone really wasn't using the laptop at all. And some time went by and uh, she came back to the laptop wanting to sort out some baby photos one evening. And this GNOME 3 thing just didn't work what, how she was used to with Ubuntu and GNOME 2. And she was very frustrated. So because she was running Arch at that time, I very quickly just uninstalled GNOME 3 and installed Mate because I knew that Mate was like, you know, the continuation of GNOME 2. And she got back a familiar desktop and she was able to do what she needed to do. So that was good. Where did Bliss restored? Everything's fine. But then I noticed that there were some bugs and there were some packages missing and it was a bit rough around the edges on Arch. So I started contributing package fixes for the Arch Linux packaging to the Mate desktop. So that was how I got started, actually on their GitHub project just submitted packaging package fixes and then over a number of months that transitioned to me running my own repository for arch um so outside of the arch repository outside of the aur my own third party repository you could add and get mate and then uh one of the arch linux tus then contacted me and said he'd he'd sponsor my application to become a tu as well so i went through that process became an Arch Linux TU, which basically means you're a package maintainer for the official repositories. And I moved all of Mate into um, the official repositories. And I was quite happy there for some time. Uh, And at this point, you know, my family who were still running 10.04, Ubuntu 10.04, that was getting to end of life. So then I went round and installed Arch Linux and Mate and all of their computers thinking this is problem solved. Oh, because... They'd tried out Unity and they'd tried out GNOME 3 and this wasn't the way they wanted to go. Right. Using Ubuntu since 6.06, they knew how that style of computing worked. 
my family by and large aren't deeply technical when they pick up at a computer they just want it to work and they just want to get their stuff done they don't want to relearn how to do the their computing again so um that arch experiment with my family didn't go so well uh basically sort of christmas and easter and summer meetups and weekends away basically turned into tech support for martin whilst everyone else was sitting outside in the sunshine drinking beer and eating (laughs) (laughs) constantly having to tinker with their arch linux machines which was miserable Uh, so i knew it wasn't working and i didn't have an answer for that uh and i didn't know how to improve that situation and then out of the blue uh alan pope contacted me and said uh did i want to be interviewed on ubuntu podcast so this was before i was a prevent presenter on ubuntu podcast about mate because obviously popey and i had got to know each other through going on linux unplugged so that's how he came to contact me so i did that interview and um i think at that time mate was actually a bit broken in ubuntu it didn't work properly and I had this off-air discussion with Popey, and he was a bit disappointed about that. And anyway, so that interview was fine. But then about three weeks later, I got an email from Popey with a link to an ISO image, which just said, ha! <laughs> <laughs> and a link to an ISO image, which I downloaded and installed in a VM. And that was, in fact, the very first version of Ubuntu Mate, uh, which he simply called Matey. And he'd used one of these ISO customization tools to rip out a bunch of packages and, you know, graft in some of the Mate packages to create a, a, a an initial Ubuntu Mate. And that got my attention because I thought, yeah, my family used to use Ubuntu with this desktop environment. They know how it works. This could solve a problem. So Popey and I took a day off work. I went over to his house for the day and we sat in his kitchen and we we basically made the plans for what Ubuntu Mate would be and how we were going to try and do this thing. And uh, and that afternoon, the, sort of the first proper version of Ubuntu Mate sort of started to uh, started to emerge. And it wow. was born. <laughs> and, and Mate was born. That's yeah. right. Yeah. No, I've got to tell you this, Martin. I'm so thrilled to hear how you pronounce mate, because that's how I've been saying it. And if and if Martin Winpress is saying it that way, <laughs> then it, it's got to be right. I am led to believe. I don't know if my uh, pronunciation is quite correct. Um, it's a, it's a, a Spanish word. Its origins are in South America. It's a it's a caffeinated um, tea-like beverage, mate. Uh, you you crush up the leaves and put it in a boiling pot and you sort of sip it out of these sort of sort of gourds um and i i'm i'm told it's pronounced mate like latte but i'm english and i've got some something of an english accent so i don't know if i get it quite right but that's about right but i i don't care i mean there was i used to make fun about people saying it the right way and these days i um i don't bother if you want to call it mate or mate i i really don't mind i mean i have accidentally created the most unpronounceable distro on the <laughs> Yes, but that's Linux in general. There's so many names in Linux that are hard to pronounce. That yeah. is Linux every we we laugh about that all the time, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well you mentioned the Ubuntu podcast, so obviously most people know about it, but when did that start? The Ubuntu podcast itself started um 
10 years ago. So I think just two weeks ago was the 10th anniversary of the first episode. So it is in its 10th year at the moment. So at the end of this year, it will have completed a 10 season run. Wow. That's Uh, a long time. Yeah, it's impressive. And Alan's been involved since the very beginning. So I I can't imagine how many hours he's put into the Ubuntu podcast over the years. Um, I've, this is my third year. I've done two full seasons and uh, this is the third year that I'm involved. So uh, I'm, I'm the newbie. Um, You're the newbie. (laughs) The newbie. Yeah. Well, so so that started about the same time, maybe a little after the Linux Action Show, which recently has come to an end. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, and and uh, I've listened to you several times on that show, um, kind of delving into some of what's going on, you know, behind the scenes with Mate, and it's a great show. Great show. Hate to see it end, but yeah, I think. I think the Linux Action Show has been something uh, of its time. You know, when it started, it it was um, there weren't there weren't many outlets for that kind of content, and it was very razzmatazz. And I think that the Linux audience has become a bit more sophisticated. You know, in the last ten years, and their requirements for what they want that's entertaining and informative have have also changed so i think chris is making the right decision to uh sort of change the format of the show to sort of fit modern times you know several shorter shows uh each show dedicated to a particular segment i think that's a smart move so i i don't think it's the end of lass it's just a change really you know the the name perhaps the name goes away but i think the the spirit of of lass will be continuing on in the in the other shows and i'm really looking forward to seeing what um joe brings to whatever the the new show is i think the prototype title is linux new show whatever it becomes but i'm looking forward to seeing what chris and joe do with that that should be good oh it'll yeah. be great no I doubt agree. I agree. So in the Ubuntu podcast, there's always mention about the distro that shall not be named. So (laughs) what's the backstory on that? (laughs) Well, so uh, the last step, the episode that we've just recorded, which was out a couple of days ago, we is an Ubuntu Mate special. And we do touch on this. Um, But the reason is, is it was kind of an in joke. When I first went on the Ubuntu podcast, I used to probably over mention uh, Ubuntu Mate and it kind of became a joke that I would deliberately mention it and then it became kind of a joke that everyone else would be extremely dismissive of me mentioning it and so <laughs> I kind of banned from saying it so then the distro that shall not be named kind of came in as my way of um, having a, a hat tip toward it without actually saying the name and and that worked fine uh, until uh, towards the end of last season uh, we had a spike in new listeners and the, the feedback we've had in the last few months from a number of new listeners is they just don't understand what this distro shall not, that, that shall not be named is all about. Um, <laughs> and a lot of them have found the show through Ubuntu Mate or Alan and I being on Linux Unplugged. And they don't understand why it is on the Ubuntu podcast. We're not, not talking about <laughs> <laughs> so we've, uh, I've been given one episode and one episode only to get it all out of my system and have a good old chinwag about Ubuntu Mate. 
So if you're going to watch one episode, that's yeah. the one to catch yeah, for sure. It's episode four, episode four, season ten, episode four. It's the uh, as we record this, it's the current episode. Excellent. So yeah, that's the origins. It's just a silly in joke, and I think we're going to knock it on the head now because it started to confuse people, and uh, just I just won't um, hawk Ubuntu, Ubuntu Mate over uh, over the top, and uh, everyone else just mention it as we as we uh, come come across it. Well, you well, can that, mention as much as you want on this show. That's exactly right. That's why we're here. So that's why I'm here, <laughs> right? So, so the big news, of course, is seventeen oh four beta two yeah. and and Mate one one dot one eight, and uh, so Rocco's installed it. I've installed it, and I've got to tell you this, Martin. So I talked my wife, in, and I think you're aware of this. I talked my wife into going away from Windows. She's never run Linux. Uh, this was last year and, um, or was it earlier in the year anyway? So the first and only distro she's ever run her first time running Linux is a Bantu Mate. Anybody want coffee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just here. Martin's got his cu- cup there for you, Rocco. All right. <laughs> I'm on it. I'll pass it over. <laughs> so, um, she has been trucking right along and it's just as you described earlier, Martin, I knew the thing about Mate for her would be that it's not such a drastic change moving from windows over to say Ubuntu Mate. You've got the stability. Um, and then the nice thing about a, the Mate desktop is you can go in and configure it to be somewhat close to a familiar uh, UI from a muscle memory standpoint, I knew that she wouldn't have to stretch too far to figure out how to get where she needed to be. And it's just worked out great. She's loved it. Um, I've, I've tried to talk her into arch a time or two, but after hearing what you said, I think it's best just for her to wait for the new release. And as a matter of fact, um, as I was installing the beta two on my family computer, she said, should I go ahead and switch? And I said, no, no, just wait for the official release. Everything will be fine. So uh, so my wife wanted me to tell you hello and that she loves the distro. So, Well, that's brilliant to hear. First of all, I'm really pleased that your your wife has has, has joined the ranks of the uh, Linux community. Uh, uh, even more delighted to hear that she's uh, uh, found her way to Linux through Ubuntu Mate. And... I should be humble, but I'm not going to be. Um, I'm, not I'm not surprised that she's uh, getting on with it well, because my uh, user acceptance testers, when back in the very early days of Ubuntu Mate, uh, when I was putting it together and making design choices, was my wife, my mum, my father-in-law, my dad. You know, it was the people closest to me that aren't super technical. And a lot of the innovations that you see in Ubuntu Mate are directly as a result of them saying, but I want to be able to, and me getting into a position where I didn't want to have to wait for the next trip to their house to actually solve that problem for them. So my wife used Windows at work for the longest time. She's familiar with that Windows-style menu layout this was the origins of Mate Tweak and the, and the panel switcher so that my wife could have the Windows version. My father-in-law, who was a long-time Mac user, had the Cupertino layout because it's more Mac-like. 
And in fact, for the longest time, that was how I used to run Ubuntu back in the day with Docky back then rather than Plank, but it very much laid out like a, um, you know, a Mac OS 10 operating system. So that's where sort of tweak came from. So I could just say to them, open this thing and choose the layout that you like. And then you're set, you know, it, it, it works the way that you're most familiar with. Um, and then the whole Ubuntu Mate welcome and the software boutique was really, it's a virtual Martin. That's what that's what it is. <laughs> there, so that um, and this 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 is just the crazy story because it, it it sounds ridiculous when I when I say it out loud, but I created you know welcome and the software boutique. So when my father-in-law needed to install the stuff that he needed to use, I could just say to him, "Go there, click the button, and you get what you need." You know, he wanted Chrome rather than Firefox. He wanted a particular piece of software, which is called Sweet Home 3D, because he was designing a, an extension for his house at the time. So some of the software choices in there are just in there because everyone wants them. But there are a number in there that people look at them and go, well, that's an odd thing to include in there. And if you ever look at anything and you think, well, that's a strange one, it's for my father-in-law. <laughs> the, the, the extension of that is that um, I was then contacted by Entroware a couple of years ago and they were talking about, you know, we, we were really quite interested in shipping laptops with Ubuntu Mate pre-installed. And this was like the, the, the joining up of the whole solution for me because now when my family say, I need a computer, I can say, go to Entroware, buy this one, choose Ubuntu yep. Mate, when it arrives... They turn it on, they fill out their username and password because it's all OEM config, Ubuntu Mate welcome starts, they click the software that they need to install and they're up and running and nobody has to phone me. And, <laughs> and, and it sounds like, like it's a bit um, ridiculous and maybe not true, but um, I think all of my family have now bought a laptop from Entroware and done precisely this. That so is fantastic. Great supply chain for me. <laughs> My tech support problems have just gone away. I've had to spend three years making a distro and get a hardware. It's <laughs> now really easy. It's paying oh, off. It's paid off. That's right. Well, I'm going to chime in and say that uh, my father runs Ubuntu Mate, and he, he absolutely loves it. It doesn't matter what he, – he's willing to try other distributions, other desktop environments, but – it always comes back to Ubuntu Mate, and that's what he runs on a daily basis because that's that's what works. So it's much appreciated. I'm going to plug uh, Linux Quest for a minute because I did a, a video on Ubuntu Mate called, and I called it the gold standard. I saw it back, in, back when you did it, yeah. And, and I believe that because it fits so well with so many people. If, like you said, if you're used to coming from a Mac, there's a setting there for you. It just seems to fit so well. And I, I think you, you throw in the uh, software boutique and many other things that you've done there. And it really is, I, I think, the gold standard still today. Yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of the software boutique for two reasons. Um, when, when we started Ubuntu Mate, there, there was a lot of feedback from people. Basically, if, if you start a new project in the Linux community, you should expect there's going to be two sets of reactions. One is a group of people who go, oh, that's great, that's something new. And another group of people that say, how dare you create something new? <laughs> uh, and are outraged. Yes. Actually, you know, try and make something, uh, you know, 
to serve your own needs. <laughs> so I got a lot of that. How dare you from uh, people running Linux Mint? I was uh, called out for just ripping off Linux Mint wholesale uh, in the in the very start. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm only like six months into this. I've got I've got bigger plans than this. And it became evident, you know, when we got to the 1504 cycle, and I did the work to reintroduce Compies back into Ubuntu Mate as a first class citizen. I think people started to realize, oh, this was interesting. And that was the first version that had Mate tweak in it. And then in 1510, it was like the prototype of Ubuntu Mate Welcome and the software boutique emerged. And what I like about the software boutique is it was something genuinely different. Um, There hasn't been quite a solution like that um, before in terms of reaching outside of the repositories with a store to actually give people not access to 30,000 packages, but just the 100 that they're going to be most interested in having, because that's the whole whole point. Um, So I felt that we'd we'd created our own identity and we'd, we'd, we'd got our own USP and, um, and we'd carved out an identity for ourselves. But what I really like about it is that then somebody in the Ubuntu Mate community, and it all started on the, um, the discussion forums for Ubuntu Mate, they put together a, um, a mock-up of the opening animation that you see when um, Ubuntu Mate Welcome starts. And I said, oh, that's, that's really quite snazzy. Um, I said, can I have a pull request? And he's like, I've got no idea how to do that. This is just a, you know, a mock-up, an anime. <laughs> and I was like, all right, okay, well, it's really, it's really cool. And then about two weeks later, I did get a pull request from this guy adding that animation. And it was like, oh, this is really cracking good. Um, and he's a front-end web developer. In fact, he was, he was just finishing college uh, at the time. And since then... Uh, his name's Luke Horwell. He he basically owns Ubuntu Mate Welcome now. So I came up with the concept and the initial prototype version, and he really ran with it. Um, and, you know, can't say thank you enough to Luke um, because Ubuntu Mate Welcome in 1604 was the crown jewel of the distribution. It is the thing everyone sees first. It is the thing that captivates everybody's attention and it's what defines ubuntu mate so for actually you know creating a distro or an operating system lots of people do that but actually creating something that differentiates those distros from the crowd is something else and i think luke has absolutely nailed it and behind the scenes there is there's some stuff happening with welcome which hopefully will land in 1710 so uh i should be looking for it, it there's a couple of new features in welcome for 1704 um now has a bulk install mode i don't know if you've had the chance to play with that absolutely yeah. in fact i thought you know what i'm going to put it to the test i installed 12 apps <laughs> all just went through clicked through everything hit bulk install and I told Rocco, I said, Rocco, this is, this is how awesome this is. Within such a short amount of time, all 12 apps installed compared to as if I were in the AUR going over building the app out one at a time, how long that would take to install 12 apps. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So Luke actually designed that feature. Uh, I think it was available shortly after the 1604 release. 
but we've never turned it on by default. And um, a couple of months ago, I turned it on by default and there was a few rough edges. So Luke has ju- just, you know, really polished that diamond. And it's, it's a cracking good feature because now um, when you set up Ubuntu Mate for the first time, you can go through the boutique and you can choose Chrome and Skype and all of the stuff you want, add it to the queue, click go, go and make yourself a cup of tea, have a slice of cake and come back and your computer's ready. Absolutely. It's a a terrific feature. I'm I'm really impressed with the work he's done there. Well, we want to give a shout out to Luke. So big shout out, Luke. I will point him at this video. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't get to hear all of this from me very often. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've done a lot of changes in the software boutique as far as removing programs and adding programs as well. Um, What goes into the process of adding or removing? Well, technically, it's just a a JSON file to list the actual uh, entries themselves. Um, I I always said I didn't want the boutique to be an overwhelming selection of everything. It's very definitely... uh, So one of the bits of feedback I got from my family, when they were using the Ubuntu Software Center, they found that overwhelming because they, they knew they wanted some software to do a thing, but they couldn't penetrate through all of the choices to decide what it was that they were going to install. So they said to me, we just want to know what the best application is to do a particular task. So that's what we set out to do, is identify, in most cases, one application that is best in class for doing a given thing. And that's what gets listed in the in the boutique. Now, the exception to that is things like browsers, because browser use choice is a personal thing. So most of the browsers are in there. Um, and there's some others where maybe a couple of applications exist. So uh, something we've changed this time, we've, we've listed Caden N Live in the, in the video editor section and dropped uh, TV. That was just universally people have been asking that for that for like, that was an excellent choice. Excellent choice. That's right. Yeah. What's so? What's interesting about the Caden Live inclusion is, um, and this will only be relevant if you do a new install at the moment because of the way things work. But if you install seventeen oh four today, and uh, you're running the default um, theme, and you start Caden Live for the first time it's fully themed like a GTK application. It actually integrates completely with the rest of the desktop look and feel as opposed to looking like a QT application in, in a, a GTK desktop. So we've, we've got, gone the extra mile on the Qt4 and Qt5 integration for this release so that those applications, so uh, VLC, for example, which is shipped by default, just fits right in uh, alongside everything else. So it's basically best-in-class stuff in the boutique. And when we remove things, it's listed in the news what got removed and added. And basically the main reason things get removed is because they're in um, third-party repositories, uh, such as PPAs or the Open Build Service um, at SUSE. And the versions for for Zesty, which is 17.04, aren't published yet. So there isn't somewhere to go and get that package from at the moment. So we drop it. And within the boutique, in the bottom, what's this, left uh, of the window, 
it displays the version number and it says there, if you click this, you can subscribe to welcome updates. And that basically enables the PPA for welcome itself. So after the 1704 release, we'll then add those extra bits of software back in as, the, ah. as they get released. And then they will start appearing in the boutique and you'll get updates to welcome that actually add new applications. So that's how we, how we manage that process. Martin, did I notice correctly when I installed Caden Live, I happened to bounce over to the theming side of things and I noticed that the Breeze icons had also been installed. Or did I do that and just forgot that I did that? Mm, it might be get pulled in as a dependency. Let me I think it got pulled in as a dependency, yes. May, may well have done. Let me just have a quick look because uh, I think I've got that in front of me. Um, and so under appearance, then you would see the breeze icons became available and they look quite nice. I'll, I'll add to that. They look very nice. Yeah. They're, they're the the new defaults, aren't they? The, uh, the, the new ones that got designed. Mm Yeah. No, I don't see it on mine. So I'm not sure if I did that or not. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll look at that later in a bit more detail, but, um, yeah, the KDN Live integration is pretty decent this time around. I'm, I'm pleased with that. Uh, oh, it's excellent. I mean, if you install KDN Live in the GNOME 3 desktop environment and open it up, it looks it's terrible looking. Yeah, yeah. And and the, the so because of the, the way the updates landed, I think when you installed your 17.04 betas, not all of that stuff would have been hooked up, but it is now. So if you do a clean install now and you install KDN Live, the first time you open it, it just looks indistinguishable from a gtk application ah and there's a few others that work in that way as well now um, so go on. so for example like obs studio that was removed uh, but that will be added later once the ppa gets updated yeah so obs is actually in the archive but it's an older version um and it's in the ppa and there's a build for zesty but the last time that was built was october last year and one of the dependencies in the, in the archive has changed since uh, it's not installable. There's one of the libraries that it's it's wanting to get that was in the archive in October and has right. been left in the intervening period and is no longer available, so you can't install OBS. But when a new build of OBS is available, then we'll just flick the switch and it will become available in the boutique. So... I noticed uh, some of them will say, like, uh, not a release candidate or not, not a release for the reason. And, but there are some, like Skype, that will say, and I can't remember the exact wording, but it says something to the effect of it's not um, up to standard. Yeah, it's not of a quality that we want to list anymore. Yeah. So what does that exactly mean, and what standards are you referring to when you say that? So in the case of Skype, in 16.04 and 16.10, we had two Skypes listed. We had the Skype for Linux Alpha and we had the old, you know, version for Skype, you know, the old cute client. And you needed both, frankly. You know, it got to the point where you could only have some conversations with the Electron version and you could only do other things with the QT version. But with the Skype for Linux beta, which it is now rather than alpha, it now is fully functional or fully functional enough that it, it replaces that old one. So 
we've removed the old Skype from the boutique because it just doesn't make sense for people to install that anymore and uh, push them towards the new the new stuff. Well, and it makes sense, Martin, if you know there's something there quality-wise that's just not going to be up to par, it reflects on the OS itself. Yeah. So why include that, right? Yeah. Well, I noticed that you have like a collection of software in the software boutique. It's not. It doesn't seem like it's just geared towards new users. It's geared towards everybody, yeah. uh, which including development programs, server programs. So you're not just trying to appease new users. You're going for everybody. Yeah, that's true. And and this is because although, you know, it, it was made for my family at the outset, I've, there's obviously lots of people that have uh, have a have a, a soft spot for Ubuntu Mate. And I obviously use it myself. And I'm a developer. And I used to be a sysadmin until I started working at Canonical. I was doing, you know, large scale compute and all the rest of it for, for many years. So some of the stuff in the boutique was there for me. You know, it's the things that I would install, you know, and I used to have a series of shell scripts that I would run that went and installed all the bits and bobs. And so the boutique replaced that. So all the things that I need are in there. So, uh, and then working with my colleagues who were other sysadmins, the stuff that they wanted is in there as well. So chances are, if you're a sysadmin, most of the stuff that you would need on a day-to-day basis is in there. But then in the evenings, or as was, well, still to some extent, in the evenings, I was working on um, Ubuntu Mate and I needed some of the development tools. So those went in there. So the chances are if you're a GTK developer, then the software that you need is in there. And then I also do, you know, the odd bit of dabbling with web stuff. So there are other development tools in there to suit those, those use cases as well. So yeah, the the boutique isn't just for new users. It's got... Not everything, but probably most of the stuff that most people need most of the time. I I think the Google Play Store could take a hint from the software boutique and feature something that just kind of highlights the best of, Um, you know, well, and it's not just the Play Store. If you look on the Apple side of things as well, Mm -hmm. um, we kind of joke about that, you know, there's they they harp on how many millions of apps, but if you start looking at the quality of some of those apps, yeah, it starts to narrow, narrow down. There are a couple of things that stood out initially um, off of a fresh install. One was, and I didn't time this with a stopwatch or anything, but just a mental count, I was experiencing a boot-up time of about 15 seconds. Uh, has there been some work done there? or That good or bad? No, that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> are you getting a better time than that maybe and I, I know it's hardware no. and everything but i i so the machine i have here in front of me is an intel skull canyon uh NUC, and it has two one terabyte nvme ssds in it oh wow wow yeah, very <laughs> so my boot up time is 1.0 two five seconds oh my so, goodness <laughs> i'm not sure if that's good or bad so you were feeling you were feeling like i'm happy with 15 seconds I'm, you know good. between between 12 and 15 and you're sitting there cringing going oh no <laughs> um 
with regards to Ubuntu Mate, not a lot has changed to affect the uh, boot performance. There's a couple of things once uh, you get to the login stage uh, that streamlines uh, uh, the, the bring up of the session itself. But in terms of uh, general boot performance, I can take no credit there. That's the, um, the foundations team and the developers um, working on Ubuntu that do the work on um, system D and uh, prioritizing boot order and all of that sort of stuff. So that's all down to another group of people entirely. And this is one of the advantages of, you know, working uh, on a, an official flavor and in Ubuntu, you get to stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, I'm responsible for the last 10%, basically. Um, and I get all of this other stuff. You know, when I was a, a community guy, you've got access to the Ubuntu security team. If you've got questions about security matters, you've got access to the Ubuntu desktop team to get advice on the right way of doing things. You've got access to the foundations team to understand how the installer works and how the underpinnings of the OS are put together. You know, and without having access to all of those hundreds of people to help you along, it's kind of difficult to actually do this um, all yourself. And you know, there is somebody doing that and you have to admire ju just how far they've come and how much they've achieved. And that's Ike, you know, with Solus, because yeah. he is he is more or less doing all of that himself. So it's, it's really um, outstanding what he's doing, you know, uh, pretty much solo when uh, there are so many moving parts. Um, so, yeah, um, I take credit for just once you log in, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we wanted to delve into, of course, some other big changes there. Uh, it's all GTK3 now. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I was talking with Rocco about and we were kind of discussing is it, and I don't know if it's because of GTK3, I don't understand enough of the benefit there to know, but the font rendering looked improved. Uh, and I pay attention to weird things like that, um, fonts, you know, just little details. Um, it, would that be something to do with GTK3? Uh, a little bit, but I know that Ubuntu themselves have put a lot of effort into uh, what happens in font config and um, free type and all of that sort of thing to make sure that the font rendering is really decent. Um, I can't say I've noticed it myself, but that's not to say it's not there. Um, I, I haven't got an eye for that sort of thing. Okay. So what are the main benefits for using GTK3? Well, it's a it, it's a, a a step towards the future. So this has been a long old journey for the Marte team to get to GTK3. And the the banner waving that went on at the very outset was if we do GTK3 then Wayland that was always, you know, the the the, the highlight uh, for doing it. But in actual fact, Wayland is probably still some time away because that t turns out that's hard. Um, and we're <laughs> How hard uh, could it be? <laughs> um, but actually, I think the more important, personally, the more imp important benefit is we can now tackle high DPI. So that is important. We're seeing more and more laptops now coming out with um, uh, high-resolution uh, high screens, either 2K or UHD, or in some cases, 4K screens. And we need to be able to render that properly on the Mate desktop. So that's the big thing for me. 
And and the other thing, so there's been a whole bunch of technologies in Marte that have been replaced with the new versions. And that sounds like, well, why do that? If it, if it's working with old library dot one, why, why change it? And the reason for that is that within the distributions themselves, there is this gentle march forward in terms of progress. So if you are using a library that the distribution maintainer has identified is going to be deprecated from the distribution, which means removed, and you are dependent on that thing, then what you need to do now is replace that library, your use of that library, with what ever the modern alternative is so in some cases our movement to newer libraries is dictated by the fact that distributions are saying well that thing you're using is going away so you better change and you better do it quickly so there's been a whole raft of things where we've had to change because otherwise the mate packages would get removed from debian because debian is getting rid of uh lib unique or the other way around, I forget which one. Yeah, it's LibUnique we were using. Um, so we had to get rid of that because we had bugs raised against that. Um, and in other cases, we're adopting newer technologies because it's the new currency in the in the Linux stack. So things like uh, supporting SystemD, for example. You know, mm-hmm. most Linux distributions have that. Uh, we needed to support it. And for those that don't support SystemD or use SystemD, then we have the fallback support for console kit and U power and all the rest of it. So there's been two, you know, moving things forward. So it's easier for us to maintain uh, moving things forward because we have to, and moving things forward because we get some benefit from doing so. Um, one, one example of that is uh, moving to. So the other reason for moving forward is, and this is something I don't think I've ever spoken about on a podcast. This is brand new information. All right. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> um, we still pick code. So people still think that Mate is old, you know, that it is derived from GNOME 2. Therefore, the code must be old. Well, here's the thing. The, some of the code in GNOME 3 is old. And also in Mate, they have common ancestry. And even today, we pick an awful lot of code directly out of GNOME 3 into Mate to uplift functionality and capability. They are still extremely closely related. What differs is you see very traditional user interfaces in Mate and you see contemporary user interfaces in GNOME. I think people would be surprised behind the scenes just how similar they are. And today, when when bugs get raised in Mate, the first thing we do is we go and look at the, the equivalent GNOME 3 project and we go and see, have, have they encountered this? Have they fixed it? And by and large, they usually have. And we can cherry pick, in an awful lot of cases, directly from their code tree into Mate. So they're still very, very similar. So there's, there's, a, there's a, a little glimpse that I've never... <laughs> well, that's excellent. Um... And a recent observation, so having freshly installed Ubuntu Mate, and I've been on a GNOME kick lately, a GNOME kick lately. But one of the things that I realized, especially after, you know, freshly installing Ubuntu Mate, is I go through an awful lot of um, time, it's not really trouble, but time to install a ton of extensions 
to, in essence, make GNOME 3 work much more similar to what Mate works like. With the applications menu drop down, the places menu drop mm-hmm. down, <laughs> so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, um, and I think a lot of people actually do that. You know, if you had some way of knowing, it's hard to gauge, but. It's definitely a, a valuable feature of GNOME 3 that you can install extensions to augment that desktop experience to to absolutely fit you and you alone. You know, you can make it your own, and that is great. Um, and I think that, you know, GNOME 3 has improved in leaps and bounds, you know, over the years. When I, I was last using it, it was around 3.12, something like that. So quite some time ago now. Um, and it was just starting to get good around that time. And it's really been improving. But there are some design decisions in GNOME that I just don't get. And that's not because I'm uh, I'm resistant to change or anything. But the over-minimalism approach to some of the applications seems strange the the file manager having so much functionality removed from it oh yeah um it that really that's very stark and i i can't understand why you would want to remove that much functionality there and you know um gedit the editor we've got the save button so i've got you can't see but if i put this hand out here this is one edge of one screen and over here this is the other edge of the other screen there's about 1.3 meters it's 227 inch uh, screens in front of me nice so if i've got g edit open my save icon is all the way over here i, I don't know <laughs> yep why is the save icon <laughs> on the other side of the screen for absolutely no reason it's just crazy so there's things like that i look at it and i think who thought that was a good idea and how big was their screen when they <laughs> right <laughs> so but by and large gnome is is fabulous. I mean, it's it's really very good. I can see why people like it. Probably because, you know, it um, in terms of quality and aesthetics, it's right up there with you know Mac OS ten, and can really stand shoulder to shoulder with that. Um, I'm hoping with Ubuntu Mate seventeen oh four, we're able to demonstrate some of that now because we've really put. In fact, I don't know if you've updated Ubuntu Mate seventeen oh four today, but the the last of the important fixes landed um, ah. today, including the theming. So there's some significant improvements in the theming, particularly the new one. So there's now an ambient Mate dark theme, which I absolutely love. It's really, really nice. I, I like um, dark uh, themes, uh, mostly because I find having a large expanse of monitor all that blue light coming off those monitors, I find a bit overwhelming. So really good to have a nice dark theme. And uh, you may be familiar. There's a YouTuber. His actual name is Dave. I don't know his surname. His YouTube channel is Linux and other stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he contributed this uh, ambient Mate dark theme. It was something that he covered in a few uh, YouTube posts. And he sent me a, a link to the, to the archive for it and we've integrated that and it's and we've done some work to take his inspiration and then just use a bit of artistic license to make it you know the way i would like it <laughs> awesome <laughs> just, 
just adapted it slightly, but that's now in there as a first-class citizen, and it is fantastic. So, Dave, if you're watching this video, because he probably is, um, you want to update today because uh, I've solved all, all those last little issues you were pointing out in the dark theme. Definitely. Hello, Dave. We know Dave for sure, and uh, we, we hope to have him on the podcast. Uh, he's a funny guy. Uh, his sense yeah. of humor, yeah, he cracks me up. But uh, that's that's kind of cool there to know. We'll have to chat with Dave later about that. And then so everybody mark on your list. Rocco, you're going to have to update. I'll update. I'm going to update. Uh, we can check that out. Now, the other big news and the one thing that GNOME 3 doesn't have, and that's the Brisk menu. So mm. now you've got the Brisk menu in combination with the uh, Pantheon layout, if you will. Yes. And uh, I switched over to that. The Brisk menu, you know, it's a menu. People kind of laugh and go, it's a menu. Come on, really? But uh, it's fast. It's fluid. Uh, there's been a lot of really changes and improvements in a very short period of time. And apparently you feel like it's ready. Yep. It's certainly close enough. So uh, today in the updates was Brisk menu 0.35, so a new version. So Ike has um, done some bug fixes, uh, more or less specifically for Ubuntu Mate. So this is uh, a a nice little indication as to the kind of collaboration that goes on between distro maintainers um, and uh, 0.35 fixes some things. But, uh, for example, now when you think once you do the updates, you'll need to log out, log in or maybe reboot because there's a a G setting schema change as well. But now when you go down the categories in the icons, it'll automatically roll over those. Ah, yes. Display uh, them in the. So it works a bit more like the uh, the other menus and uh, and the other changes that. um, Oh, the the position of the search bar uh, changes automatically. So when you if you put it in the bottom panel, it puts the search bar at the bottom of the brisk menu, and when you put it at the top of the panel, the search bar is at the top of the brisk menu. So there's a a bunch of little changes in there, and the way that we're doing that now is um, I'm opening issues on the GitHub for brisk menu, and uh, Ike and I then have a conversation about what's what precisely this means. And then when we've agreed that he's going to do it, I then put a value on it. So if you look at some of the issues over there, you will say Ubuntu Mate will send the Solus project X dollars when this issue has a commit that closes the issue. So uh, Ike's closed a few of those. So we were just paying him a flat fee each month to do work. And Ike was getting uncomfortable with that because he didn't know how, how much time he could commit to things. <clears throat> as in how much time you would have to work on stuff. So the new arrangement is I put a value on the bug, and when the bug gets fixed, Solus gets the money. So we've nice. just did that. So uh, it's kind of like Bounty Source, but without the, the middleman. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, the part that I like about it is just the uh, collaboration, and you're also collaborating with the folks at uh, Elementary OS on the icon side, and beautiful icons. And uh, but the whole idea of collaboration, I think you could do a whole show on the topic of collaboration between developers. Uh, But I just love hearing it, that it's going on. And I think more people need to be aware that that it is. Um, You can find articles where people talk about, well, why doesn't this ever happen? Why don't these two teams ever talk? Uh, But it's happening. 
It does happen. Um, I think uh, there's some good personal relationships that have uh, got established over the last year or so between, you know, some of the the new, uh, say newcomers, we've all been doing it for a long time. We've only recently come to prominence, I suppose. But some of the distros that are sort of uh, getting attention at the moment, a lot of us are friends and, and we chat together behind the scenes. And as you say, Daniel, so what you may not know is Daniel Foray from uh, the founder of Elementary. He he used to work for Canonical years ago and he created the humanity icon theme. I don't know if he created it wholesale or if he was part of the team, but he was certainly instrumental in the creation of the icons that were in Ubuntu back, back in the day. And that's what Ubuntu Mate uh, was using. Uh, and he contacted me uh, the back end of last year and said, well, look, I originally created these icons and these are the improvements that I've made in elementary to that style. And I see that, you know, Ubuntu Mate is using, it's not gone, we haven't gone down the flat icon route that seems to be popular at the moment. Uh, and he said, was he interested uh, in, in having him create these new icons for Ubuntu Mate? And I was already thinking about this, rele- this 1704 release being about refinement and improving the aesthetics so when the main guy at elementary offers you icons, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you uh, you say yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's he's reworked a number of the icons. So the icons sitting alongside the theme improvements, um, it's really looking good now because um, the GTK three implementation first landed in Ubuntu Mate sixteen ten. And we've really worked hard to improve it in 17.04, really, really polish it. So with the brisk menu, the work on the themes, which has all been done by one of the core maintainers of Mate, Wolfgang Albrick, he he maintains the themes, does a load of work on Mate, but the themes are really his standout area. And uh, and then Daniel with the icons, it's really kind of come together uh, for us. We've been really really fortunate to have that quality of uh, input into the project. Martin, have you thought about um, adding a theme section into uh, the boutique? Yes, it's coming. So not in the boutique, but actually in the getting started section. So going to Ubuntu Mate Welcome, there's a section called Getting Started. And you'll find in there, there's a button that says uh, install screensavers and install additional wallpapers. And we're going to add a new section in there, which is uh, install more themes. And it will go and install Uh a number of the popular themes. And then you'll have a button to open up the appearance preferences and then see all of that stuff that got installed. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, that'll be great. Well, going back to the brisk menu for a second. Sorry, I was just going to say, I could install them by default, but adding all of those themes, they're quite bulky, and it, it builds out the size of the ISO, so the solution is stick it in, getting started in Welcome. Great but, idea. Plus, with them getting updated, too, uh, you'd yeah. want to have them updated as much as you could. Uh, but going back to the brisk menu for a second, when you have the applications menu up there and you hover over applications places, uh, they all open up as you hover over them. But when you switch to the Pantheon view, the brisk menu does not mm. hover over. Is that, is there plans on integrating that in? I, I, I only noticed that today 
actually. Um, and the reason is, is that it's a, a little trick that's happening there. So the places and system is actually from the original menu. So that you've actually got two menus running there. You've got brisk menu running, the original menu running with just the applications bit turned off. Right. So that's why they don't roll over seamlessly between places and system and, and the menu entry. Um, so I don't think there's going to be an easy way to, to integrate that seamlessly unless brisk actually becomes part of the uh, default menu bar. Um, so we have applications, places, system, and then a toggle to make applications become brisk. And brisk is actually in Malte itself rather than standard. Okay. I've not discussed this with Ike at all. So that may or may not happen. So, yeah, but I've, I've, I've spotted what you mean. Yeah. Okay. So I have another suggestion. Um, okay. Installing Ubuntu Mate was probably the quickest setup that I've ever had installing it on a system and setting it up the way I wanted it with the programs installed because of the software boutique. And we talked about earlier that it's not just for new users, it's for advanced users as well. And the only thing that uh, I would I could say that would make it a little bit faster would be to have a grid view in the boutique where Right now, if you click on each tab, you'll be scrolling through programs in order to find the ones you want, where if you had a grid view, you could just check the boxes you want and then do the bulk install. Have you got Software Boutique on the computer in front of you? I don't. Okay. Have you, Rob? I've got it on my main system downstairs, but not on this one. Yeah. I'll tell, I'll tell you what to do then. Next time you start Software Boutique, maximize the window and you'll get a grid view. You're really? exactly right. Yes, you're right. If you maximize, <laughs> that's right. It's that's that right. simple. <laughs> yeah, now that you say that, Martin, yes. Hey, Martin, that's where you should have said, hold on, Rocco. You should have said, hold on, Rocco. Let <laughs> me make the quick adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> You've already made it. That is so quick. Holy mackerel. <laughs> this guy is good. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, you're exactly um, right. It, and it, and it's fluid when it happens. It's, yeah. it's, it's just this smooth transition. You're right. Yep. And that was, that was a community contribution. So you, I don't, you, you said you listened to Lass. Uh, do you listen to Linux Unplugged as well? Oh, yes. Sometimes on there you'll hear mention of producer Michael. He used yes. to go by, uh, by Rotten. Um, he's a front-end web developer as well, and he, he actually implemented that, um, that feature of doing the uh, responsive design in, in Welcome and Boutique. So when you maximize or change the size of the windows, it automatically scales out and changes the presentation. So that was easy. Right. What's wow. your... <laughs> Man, that was great. <laughs> All right. So 1704 is coming out. And what's the big news? What's the big updates in 1704? Um, well, I suppose the biggest is it's, it's Mate 1.18. Um, and really, that's important because uh, this is the final step to getting to GTK 3. So all of the GTK2 code is gone, but under the hood, so many bugs got fixed. Like I said, the theme for the 1704 release was all about refinement. So really not a lot has changed. You know, the, the things that have changed really haven't come from me. 
it, I just wanted to get things working better because we knew 16.10 was going to be a really janky release. We were going from 16.04, which was all GTK2, and in six months we transitioned everything to GTK3. Uh, literally took Ubuntu Mate back to planning and redid everything from the ISO image up. It was a complete re-implementation. So I knew it was going to be a bit dodgy. And by and large, it was okay, but there were rough edges. So this 1704 release was really like finishing off what we started in 1610, getting it looking good, getting all of the bugs wrung out, really adding some polish. Because now we're on GTK3, we're going to be staying there for a good little while. So all of this work that we do now, we know we're not going to see API and ABI breakage in GTK3 anymore. So now when we put loads of effort into the themes, we can do so with the confidence we're not going to have to go back and redo all of the themes again in six months' time, which is something that's been happening. You know, If anyone's out there who does theme work, GTK theme work, it's been a busy five years, you know, and each new release of GTK and you've had to do some significant overhaul of your theming. That all comes to a close now. So we really wanted to put the effort in. So, so Martin, oh, I'm sorry, please, please continue. No, go on. No, go on. I was just going to ask, so today's release, if I were to go downstairs and do the update, is that going to be as close as I'm going to find to the official pretty much? There are there are three things on my. He's <laughs> <laughs> holding up a paper with three items. I love items. it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, it's very very close. So um, and it's really minor stuff now as well. So uh, if you install the final beta, um, you'll get to through updates that will get that will get you to final release. And the updates that landed in the archive over the last couple of days are very reflective of what the final release is going to look like. You know, bar any significant significant last minute bugs that we might encounter that we need to fix. If you update 1704 machine today, that's what final is going to be like. Okay. Yeah. Update on the list. <laughs> <laughs> And like I say, log, log, do a reboot after the updates and then, then have a play with Brisk because that's okay. had some significant improvement. And we've also gone back and fixed a Mate menu. Uh, although its future is somewhat hanging in the balance, we've gone back and fixed all of the, um, the really annoying bugs that that had from its transition to GTK3 that were hanging over. So that's been given a... Uh, a fresh look, um, so that's all working. Or what works as well as it can do now. So, so yeah. is the advanced panel um, that was in sixteen oh four, sixteen ten? Is that gone from seventeen oh four? No. So in in Mate Tweak, when you go into the panels, there's a tick box that, which is enable advanced menu. And behind the scenes, what that's doing is turning on the uh, the Mate menu, which is a fork of Mint menu. And uh, that still exists with the exception for a couple of themes that simply don't don't have it. So when you go to some of the themes, you'll see that option is grayed out because it isn't isn't available. And one of those is the Pantheon layout. The Pantheon layout 
doesn't have an adv- an option for the advanced menu because its menu is brisk. Right. That uh. always be the case. Um, but if you're using any of the other themes that came th- that came before, you know, before Pantheon existed, they've still got the option to turn the advanced menu on. Okay. Yeah. That works better now. Right. Okay, so uh, Power PC, it's being removed from 1704. It has. It's not that I know many people that are using Power PC, but <laughs> but I, I guess there so. is. I mean, I guess there is certain. There are certain people out there that use it, but they'll have to look elsewhere. Yeah, there's so there's two groups of people that are using Power PC. Uh, there are people that have got old G4 and G5 uh, Power Macs and iBooks and what have you. And they're quite old devices. The G5's not so much, but the G4 um, iBooks, I've got one. I bought one on eBay when I started this madness. Um, and it's my test machine, and it's miserable. Running Ubuntu Mate <laughs> on that thing is absolutely miserable. It is so slow you wouldn't believe it and um i this is absolutely the truth a, a raspberry pi 3 runs rings around it wow <laughs> this is this is a full spec ibook g4 it's only got one and a half gig of ram uh your 15 second boot time i mean it's several minutes to boot the thing oh wow it's terrible uh, so for those people with g4s and some of the g5s buy a Raspberry Pi 3 and put Ubuntu Mate on and you'll have a significantly improved computing experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think a Raspberry Pi 3 is within the, within the budget of most people, you know, so that's my advice there. However, there is another group of power PC users uh, who I have more sympathy for, and they are the guys that have bought things like the uh, Aeon Amiga X1000 and the Amiga X5000, and these are modern modern computers that happen to use uh, power PC processors, but the you know multi-core, uh, four and eight uh, eight core um, power PC processors with um, uh, decent either AMD or NVIDIA uh, GPUs in them. So you know contemporary hardware, um, but they they don't have an avenue now. And the community there they've they've now taken. Ubuntu Mate 1704 the day before the PowerPC archive was removed from, from Ubuntu. And they've, I think they're calling it the Ubuntu Mate PowerPC Remix 2017. Wow. So they're trying to sort of keep things going. Um, but I I doubt they're going to watch this. But if they do, you're doing it wrong. Don't base on <laughs> because uh, 1604 is going to be supported for security by Canonical until 2021. So if you're going to re-spin an OS for PowerPC, do it on 1604 because you've got far more longevity of of, um, security updates. But I have more sympathy for them, and it's unfortunate, but, you know, there's, I mean, the Ubuntu Mate download statistics, 0.4% of the downloads are for PowerPC. Yeah. So as best as I can tell, using some, you know, finger in the air maths, that is some few thousand people that have used Ubuntu Mate on, on PowerPC. Um, uh, 
there's not enough developers on the platform. There are regressions, Endian issues. It's unfortunate, but that that's the way it goes. And it, at some point, it. you've got to, yeah, yeah. So, do you will is does thirty two bit go the same direction soon, or is that going to stick around for a longer t- period of time? So that conversation crops up. Um, I think the next time that will be. I mean, it, it it gets discussed, and it will be a decision for the Ubuntu technical board. Um, when 32-bit um, Intel goes away. Um, I can't see that happening anytime soon, um, mostly because uh, some of the cloud images um, for Ubuntu, where Ubuntu is you know, dominant in the, in the public cloud, um, are running 32-bit images because you can get better server density. So there is, there is a requirement to, or at least a demand to uh, continue to have a 32-bit um, set of binaries. Whether or not it maintains itself as a release architecture for the desktop remains to be seen. Um, and what that would mean is um, you m- might get to a situation where only the mini ISO is available for i386 and when you install that, that's the old text installer. And one of the steps in the text installer is choose your desktop environment here. Uh, and then you can, you know, choose whether you want Ubuntu or Ubuntu or Ubuntu Mate or any of the others. I'm making this up as I go along because no decision has been made. Um, I don't think there'll be a decision before 1804 about that. Okay. All right. Speaking of the future, what's ahead for 1710? Well, a few things. There's a few things I'm thinking about. So uh, one of the things that we we wanted to do and didn't have time for was to add Snap support to the boutique. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's something we want to land in 1710 um, because things like KDN, Caden Live, I didn't want to introduce that uh installing in the traditional way because of all of those package dependencies that come in and it really fills out the system and there's the potential there for that to upset the the rest of the os as it happens caden live is really well behaved so i've i've let that one go in um but there are some other kde applications that would be really great to have and i think the best way to deliver those to them to mate goodness i'm gonna have to cut the sunlight out again You you were get you were getting a halo we- in England, and today is that day. <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing a podcast, and it's rainy yeah. here, so we're switching <laughs> places here. There you go. Um, so yeah, snap support in the boutique uh, is certainly something we want to work on, and then um, we're going to replace the global menu implementation. So right now. And this is still not very, this is horribly unstable at the moment. There's, if you use the Mutiny layout, which looks a bit like Unity, you get a global menu. Um, and that doesn't work so well on GTK3. And it didn't work all that great on GTK2 either because it didn't support all of the different toolkits. So I'm working with a developer of a global menu implementation and we are going to deliver a new global menu implementation in 17.10. And that will be hopefully something that you can turn on and off in Mate Tweak. 
So some of the themes will have it enabled by default because it will make sense to do that and some won't. So I'll give you an example of what that means. Now we've got the Pantheon layout and we've always had the Cupertino layout. I'm going to add some things that also shift the window control positions. So if you're being true to a Mac OS 10 layout, your window control should actually be on the left side. Right. So now we've got Brisk, which is almost the same. Uh, sorry, we've got the Pantheon layout, which is almost the same as Cupertino, except for the menu replacement. When we choose Cupertino, we'll now shift the icons over and we'll do the same on Mutiny because, again, you know, Unity 7, that's where the icons are. So an- another little bit of authenticity in how that works. But also the Cupertino layout. And the mutiny layout will both have the global menu enabled by default because that's what users familiar with those computer desktop environments would expect. But on Pantheon, you won't get the global menu by default because that's not what that one's intended to do. So that's some, something that I'm keen to work on. Um, I've actually got a piece of paper down here. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, here's the other one. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I write everything down on bits of paper um, uh, but whilst I'm thinking of random things. So something else I've been thinking about doing is um, we have Synapse at the moment, which uh, is installed by default. And again, if you're in Mate Tweak and you say enable launcher, that uh, turns on Synapse, essentially. And that integration is good, but not great. Um, and I've, I've always been looking at some of the other options and the one I always used to like back in the day was Cupfer, but that stopped being maintained ages ago. And then all of a sudden, about three, four months ago, it reappeared, dragged up to date on GTK three, loads of work being actively maintained, getting a release every couple of weeks. So... I'm going to reach out to the Cupfer guys and see if we can't get Cupfer integrated into Ubuntu Mate as the as the launcher. Uh, so by launcher, I don't mean, you know, docs and panels. I'm talking about a hotkey thing that you can then search for applications and files. And that's what Synapse does right now. But I think Cupfer does it better. Um, so maybe we'll make that change in this release as well. Uh, so I think those things, and then of course there'll be whatever we decide to do in Mate itself. So, um, oh, sorry, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Ikey calling. Ike I had it all. Do not in. disturb. That's all I can say. <laughs> where the check is. <laughs> tell him it's in the post. Yeah, tell him it's in the mail, Rocco. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a great thing to have. Oh, uh, what was me closing the curtains and you answering the phone? It's <laughs> authentic. <laughs> That's right. They right. know it's real. Yeah. All um, right. So yeah, go on. What's what's whatever upcoming? What we do in Marte, I don't know yet. I would really like to see some uh improvement in high DPI support in the next Marte release. Oh, yeah. and I know Ike is offering some assistance there. So we shall just have to see what we cook up. And speaking of Ike, of course, there's Brisk Menu. It's very close uh, to being uh, what I feel we need for it to be 
able to completely replace Mate menu. Um, there's a few features that need to be added. I've added issues for those and put um, bounties on them for Ikey. Um, and when those come in, then I shall be reviewing whether Mate menu sticks around or not. Uh, and Brisk may well become the uh, the alternative menu for all of the other layouts. And then one other thing that we started and it really didn't work out very well. I, I started making an implementation of the uh, the HUD. So on uh, Ubuntu Unity, you can actually effectively search through the menus of an application. So you can tap um, the, uh, is it the super key or alt? I never remember. Super key. Tap the super key. Start typing. No, not the super key. Alt. Alt. Tap alt. Start typing, and whatever application is open, it will search through the menus for that, and you can actually navigate to the menu ah. through a search interface. And that's really popular. And when you're doing stuff like um, Audacity and hunting around for filters or in GIMP, humping, uh, searching around for filters, it's a really quick way to actually find the filter that you're looking for. And I started work on that, and it didn't quite work out properly. And I'd like to revisit that because lots of people ask for the HUD. They ask for global menus. And I think if we were able to provide those things, it would satisfy a lot of people. And then another guy in the community recently has created a rename, a bulk rename plugin for uh, the file manager. And I've said to him, we will work together and get that um, in and shipped by default, get that in Debian and Ubuntu. Um, part of the distro because again that's one of the things i hear regularly you know kde has this amazing bulk renaming uh capability and Marte should have it and this guy's gone to the effort of making that so we'll we'll make sure that happens that's so that's some some highlights and then there's a bit more polish as well that we'll we'll work on so it's never finished that's right (laughs) (laughs) but it's all of that hard work on all the little details that go into making Ubuntu Mate a great distro to run. You know, these bug releases, these bug fixes that come out, um, no matter how small they are, they're they're relevant to certain situations and certain configurations. So every time each one of these little bugs gets fixed, it just piles on to the end project to make it absolutely awesome. Well, and and I say this probably too much, but one of the things I look for in an operating system is a cohesive feel throughout. Uh, You know, if I click into the file manager, I want it to feel like I'm still within the same OS, not all of a sudden here's something foreign to the operating system, to the UI. And those are the things that as you refine it with your theming, and people kind of laugh, yeah, theming, but it really matters because even for people who aren't looking for it, they feel it as they're using it. They just may not, you know, see it or recognize it, but it's there and it really makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And we probably haven't paid as much attention to getting the aesthetics really good um, in the past and, I don't know that that's hurt us, but I think we're at a point now where people w- will start to notice the rough edges if we don't do something about it. So that's why it was all all about smoothing over those rough edges this release. 
And one other thing I want to do is I want to uh, revisit the uh, the Raspberry Pi uh, version of Ubuntu Mate. Ah. So um, it, really the only big difference there is is that Ubuntu Mate for the Raspberry Pi runs the, um, the Linux kernel from the Raspberry Pi Foundation rather than the kernel that comes from Ubuntu. And the reason it's like that is because the Raspberry Pi community and the makers, they... Um, want that familiarity with Raspbian. That's, I, I go to um, Raspberry Pi jams and maker spaces and what have you, and this was the feedback I got. So we originally were using the Ubuntu kernel, then switched it out for the Raspberry Pi kernel, and that's the way it's been for a few releases. But I'd like to go back to using the Ubuntu kernel in the Raspberry Pi image for Ubuntu Mate because we're now at a point where there are things that people expect to work in Ubuntu that don't work on Ubuntu Mate for the Raspberry Pi. Mm. Uh, and I'm not comfortable with having an, an Ubuntu named thing that actually doesn't work like Ubuntu. So that's something I'll come back to yeah. uh, and try and do in such a way that, um, although it will be a bit different, the makers can do all of the stuff that they, they want to get done. So you have all these things. I mean, you have the Raspberry Pi, you have Mate, you're, you're with Ubuntu. The development process, how do you prioritize what gets done first and what gets done next? Um, well, the bits of paper are um, just a stream of consciousness, but what we actually use is a, um, a, a web service called Trello, which is a way to organize um, projects and tasks and prioritize them. So in Trello, there is a little card for everything. And uh, myself and Luke, we get together every so often and we say, right, this is everything we're going to try and get done for the whole of this cycle. And then we try and line those up is this is what we're going to get done for Alpha 1. This is what we're going to get done for Alpha 2 and Beta 1 and Beta 2. And we try and sort of introduce some things, you know, at set intervals through the through the project. Um, and we obviously, you know, Ubuntu do time-based releases, so you can't necessarily land all of those things. So at the end of each of those alphas and betas, we, we, we look at what's left and then decide, are we really going to be able to do all of this? What, what on this list are we going to drop, put in the stack for, you know, next time round? And what are we actually, you know, really going to do? So like I say, we wanted to do this big rework of, um, welcome and boutique to add snap support this release it didn't happen by about uh, november last year we knew that that wasn't going to get done in time so that's been deferred for 1710 so it's a best efforts basis basically right <laughs> yeah and i find what i found is is having a theme a theme for a release is a great way to sort of focus your attention so I've said it several times, refinement was 1710. For 1610, the theme was everything to GTK3. That was the theme of that release. So it was a porting exercise at the sake of everything else. It, it was get everything to GTK3. Obviously, 1604 was fix as many bugs as possible because, you know, we, we, uh, we were, that's, that was the focus. So that's all I was doing, whereas Luke was making Ubuntu Mate welcome spectacular. So that was the theme of 1604. In 1510, our theme was 
actually bringing Ubuntu Mate welcome and Mate tweak up to sort of maturity so that they were viable things. In 1504, the theme was Compiz uh, integration. So, you know, you can go all the way back and you can see, you know, that there was a theme and that's a really good way to sort of frame uh, how everything else falls into place around it. Well, Martin, we don't always get an opportunity to thank the developers and everyone involved. Uh, but now I just want to personally thank you. Um, and my wife thanks you. Uh, but the, the amount of work, the time, the effort that, that you guys put into this, it's incredible. And, um, so just personal thank you, uh, very much for everything that you guys have done. Well, that's very kind and well taken. What I would say is though, is that I'm just the front man for Ubuntu Mate. Right. And there are Ubuntu Mate sits on top of Ubuntu, which sits on Debian. So there is countless people along the way that have all contributed to, to making this thing possible. Like I said, I'm just responsible for the last 10%, but there are all of these um, free software and open source developers that are working on different projects all over the place. You know, I've cherry picked some components from xfce that are used in ubuntu mate there's a lot of stuff obviously comes from debian i do most of my work for ubuntu mate in debian and ubuntu gets it as a consequence of that so you can't thank enough people it's very right. you had ike on to say thank you because you were thanking the guy that that's right <laughs> <laughs> well but if yes, people want to go out to everybody else you know uh uh that's contributed to stuff that i'm able to take advantage of to 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 make this operating system and keep my family on on linux which was the most important exactly well i want to encourage people if you go to the download page there is a donation uh, button there um and so i just want to encourage people to donate uh what they can yeah, that's that's very kind. And uh, I would just like to say that when you donate to Ubuntu Mate, what you're actually doing is you're investing in the project. And each month um, I put out a little summary report with, which outlines all the money that came into the project and then how we spent that. And if you look at those reports, what you'll see is um, I do very little actual development on Ubuntu Mate these days. I'm basically the distribution curator. So what I do, my friend who runs the CIC, where all that money goes, um, we sit down and we identify, well, I identify things that need work in the project. I then identify software software developers that are capable of delivering that work, and we essentially pay them to do the work that we need, and we pay them with the money that comes in through the crowdfunding for Ubuntu Mate. So that work in Brisk, where I was saying there's, you know, dollar amounts uh, for the work that gets done that goes to the Solus project, that's coming out of the money that was invested in Ubuntu Mate. And we're not talking 5 or $10 here. What we try to do is we try to pay an am- amount that is almost reflective of market rate for the scope of the work involved. So we are paying these developers hundreds and in some cases thousands of dollars to actually do this work to compensate them for their time, effort and skills. So um, you are genuinely making an investment in the project and not just Ubuntu Mate, but those software developers that are working on other, other projects as well. That's excellent. Are there, there are other ways to contribute as well, right? 
Of course. Um, I mean, we have the Ubuntu Mate uh, community, the discussion forums. So that's a, um, and this is where the ridiculous name is even more ridiculous. So that's Ubuntu hyphen mate. <laughs> uh, our discussion forums are there. So if you're looking to learn a bit more, if you've got questions, you can go there. But if you're uh, an experienced user, you can also go there and establish yourself as somebody that can help others. And I'm really proud to say we have a really vibrant and helpful and uh, enthusiastic group of people over there. We've got about 6,000 members over there now. Chances are, if you ask a question, somebody knows the answer. Um, I look through there a couple of times a day. I rarely have to reply to things these days because we have such a good group of moderators and experienced users over there. But we could always do with more to help people out. So if you want to help, uh, you can join the community there. Um, always, always looking for more people testing. Um, particularly, you know, as each of the alphas and betas comes out, people prepared to download the ISO images and test them. And the most important thing, actually file bugs on the bug tracker (laughs) (laughs) rather than just discussing it in some random corner of Twitter somewhere. Right. uh, Testers, we'd love to see more testers. And although I'm talking about Ubuntu Mate, today uh, that is true for any ubuntu flavor um you know always more people testing and and raising issues as early as possible is always a good thing um always looking for people with uh, artistic talent because i have none um so if you can do graphics design and images uh, uh in the ubuntu mate community post your wallpapers create new wallpapers and you'll see them featured in the uh, wallpaper selection uh, each cycle. All of the wallpapers have come from Ubuntu Mate. Uh, I would, I'm actually at the point now where I'm thinking of changing the Ubuntu Mate default backgrounds and what have you, because we've been using those for well over two years now. So if you want to have a stab at making a new set of uh, Ubuntu Mate default wallpapers for the login screen and what have you have a go at that you never know might come up with something that gets featured in the next few years i'll toss out a name uh, carl snyder he's done quite a bit in uh, wallpapers and and that kind of thing uh you'll find him on youtube you may want to check out carl's work okay Uh, yeah he's actually made a couple of things for dave over at linux and other stuff okay and on that same um tone there uh the latest wallpaper with the classic looking car with the uh you've got a blue version a green version who did that uh it was somebody in the community i forget the name off the top of my head um but if you hover over the hover over the image it will tell you the the name or handle of the contributor and if you go to the ubuntu mate community and the artwork section you'll find those posted there by by the person that made them nice nice so there's many ways to contribute from yeah. money uh, to talent, time. time. There's many yeah. ways to contribute. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else you want to share with us? Wow, we've covered a lot there, isn't it? Yeah. Your video and podcast is going to run long. I, I apologize. Hey, M- Martin, we'll let you go as long as you want to go, man. Uh, no, I mean, uh, we, 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 
we had a list of stuff that we were going to hit, and I think we've hit it all, haven't we? I, I think we have. Had a good, old, good old chat there. Yeah, covered it all. That was great. So, well, thank you so much for your time, and uh, everybody stay tuned for the latest release. And I'm sure you'll see a big spike in downloads and everything. And, I hope so. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, thank you so much for your time. It's been a blast. I was really looking forward to, uh, to chatting with you. So, this has been great. And it didn't well, disappoint. It did yeah. not disappoint. That's, that's right. That's the relief. I shall make sure I uh, I send my co-hosts from the Ubuntu podcast over here so they can really indulge themselves in a Ubuntu <laughs> Mate glory. Wonderful. That's, right. That's wonderful. And spread the word. We're happy to speak with anyone who wants to come on the Destination Linux podcast from the team. So if you've got other people who have interest in sharing what they're doing and how things work behind the scene, yeah. listeners love it and we love it. So. Sure, sure. Uh, I should definitely be mentioning uh, what I've been up to uh, with you guys in the next podcast that we record uh, next week, I think it is, yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Thank Thank you, Martin.